Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder here at Generations Church, and with me as always is my good friend and the lead pastor here at Generations, Jeff Luddington. How are you today, Jeff? I am doing well. That, that big lead up, man, I feel like I need to be wearing a cape to live up to it. Yeah, but, I was expecting uh, something, your, you know, theme something. music. So we need I, to get you your own theme music. There we go. See? <laughs> All right. Hey, what do you have lined up for us today? Yeah, so uh, the last couple episodes, we've been looking at the differences mm-hmm. between some of the, the different denominations and what they believe. We're jumping back into some new questions. Our questions from the classroom series, we're taking questions from high school students, uh, questions that were asked in our classes over at Valley Christian High School. Um, today doesn't really sound like it's a question that comes from somebody who's just curious. It sounds like it comes from uh, a story. Somebody's been through something and they just, they want to know, um, how would you answer these questions? So it was the same person. We're going to separate into two questions, but it's dealing with the same subject. Why does God choose to heal some people and not others? And how do people who do such good work for the Lord die young? Hmm. Yeah. What do you, what do you got for us? Man, I I echo what you said. There's no way this is some random, uh, hey, I've always wondered. I mean, this is attached to a story, and especially when it says, um, you know, die so young, right? You're like, man, there's, there's just a, a painful story on the other side of this. And so I think, though this is a Bible podcast, this is a... Um, I always tell people I've only got one bolt in the gun. Like I, I've got the Bible. That's all I really have. I'm not all that smart. I'm not uh, all that skilled in anything else. And so, yes, we're going to look at some scripture. Um, but I think today is just a heartfelt, um, how do we deal with hard things that are realities? Um, I, when I first read this question, there's a, there's a verse that immediately just came to mind. And it's out of Matthew 9. Uh, it's a very, very common story. Uh, it says, uh, Behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him, meaning Jesus, and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. And I, I didn't think of this verse because there's a healing in it. Um, actually, exactly the opposite. Uh, there's really two sides to this short little brief uh, snippet of a passage. And one is that she was healed, and that's amazing, and we celebrate that. The other is that she had 12 years of suffering with this, that she had this bleeding disorder um, for 12 years. And she's a woman of faith. She's a, she's a Jewish woman by the context, and, and we're not told much more, but here's, you know, I imagine that for 12 years she's been praying and, and you know, going to temple or going to tabernacle, where she goes, right? And uh, uh, synagogue, excuse me. Um, and she's been praying. She's been asking God about this. There's no way that this is the first time. She's clearly got an amazing faith and, and still maintains a sense of hope because in hearing about Jesus, she says this. She says that if I can just touch even his garment, right, I will be made well. And Jesus honors that. Your faith has made you well. And so I know that verse gets misused and and. You know, if you have enough faith, anything can happen, this and that and the other thing. And that gets a little cliche. But the reason I think of that is because there's a long-suffering struggle. And then there's a healing. And that doesn't always happen. Uh, but in this moment, I wanted to point out both sides of that. Yeah, and, and when I read the questions, I had a, a different verse 
pop into my mind different story um kind of combining why does god choose to heal some and not others mm-hmm. and then why sometimes not just why do the good die young question but why are the good sometimes not healed when right. people who are are maybe not as good or people we consider evil healed and i thought of of paul right if there's a um you know, an all-star team of, of followers of Christ, you know, that's your, that's your <laughs> yeah. cleanup hitter, that's your MVP. He's, good, yeah. He's the guy. So in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, um, Paul writes, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the unsurpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Hmm. And so we see this, this great Christian man praying that God would remove something from him and it, it not being removed. And we, you know, we wonder why that is. We see a great attitude from Paul saying that, you know, in my weakness, right, I can turn to God and his power is, is enough, is sufficient for me. Um, so why why do you think this is true that it seems like it doesn't really matter if we're followers of, of God or not hmm. that as to why we're healed or if we're healed if we're not healed yeah I, I would say this um, we have an example of a woman being healed by Jesus right we have an example of a follower of Jesus who prays and what he gets is a different answer not a healing right and if there's anybody like you said if there's an all-star in christianity which there's not but i mean if there is and we try and make him an all-star for sure paul's it right the most influential christian other than jesus is clearly you know is paul and um and he struggled with this but then after prayer after repetitive after uh, repeatedly praying uh jesus teaches him a lesson says my grace is sufficient for you right and so um yeah, there's a lesson for Paul. Now, what happens, I guess, or, or why is this true? Or why, why do some get healed and not others? And, and I would say this, that that is a perspective question, right? And so um, everybody, I, I, this is simple, but everybody dies, right? And the reality of living in a world that is corrupted by sin means we will all die, right? Um, even before sin entered into human history, I, I wanted to go back before that, and uh, these are common words. These are we've you know we've used this example and you know the the following passage in Genesis three, but in Genesis two it says that the Lord God took the man, meaning Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, "You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for on that day, on the day that you eat of it, excuse me, you shall surely die." And, and so here's God's words to Adam before sin. Listen, in obedience, there's life, and, and I've provided for you. In sin, you will die, right? Like the outcome of sin is death. Paul will go on later to say the wages of sin is death, right? That, that the outcome of living in this broken world is we will all die. And so the outcome of living in the world that we live in. Now, Adam was more of a one-for-one. He did sin he caused his own death. And, and what I would say is not to hear that in um, I cause this, or if I do this, it causes this, or if so-and-so does this, it causes their death. But rather, the curse of sin is death. And so the woman that was healed after 12 years of bleeding, she still died, right? She eventually died. 
And Paul, who didn't get the healing he asked for, but got a response from Jesus that was pretty amazing, right? Paul also died. In fact, Paul would go on to give his life for being a Christian. And so we live in a world where death is a reality. It is the result of living in a sinful world. And we're not absent of that. We all sin. So in a sense, we all contribute, whether it's to our death or the death of everyone or whatever that is, we contribute to the curse, right? It's not like we come in and all of a sudden we're perfect and we get something we don't deserve. Um, but we're sinful and we die because we inherit that and because we contribute to that. So here's our reality. Those that get healed and those that don't get healed, they all die, right? Even those extraordinary, miraculous cases where Jesus raises uh, little Tabitha back to life or Lazarus back to life, well, they all went on to die, right? So whether young or old, um, good or bad, you know, follower of Jesus or not, the reality that we have is we will all die because we live in this corrupted, broken world. The hope, obviously, is the gospel, that death isn't the last thing. And I'll stay on, I, you know, I can't not get to the gospel right there, but uh, I want to stay on, on, on point and say the result is human death, physical death, uh, will happen to everybody, healing of cancer, not healing of cancer, right? And so that leaves us in this place of really um, how do we live inside that broken world where we may get healing, where we may not. Right, and I think most Christians have stories mm -hmm. in this in this realm, which is things they've struggled with, things they've dealt with. Um, just to share one of mine, I have or had a younger sister, a year younger than me, grew up together. Um, she ended up getting married, moved to Las Vegas, and uh, in her 40s was diagnosed with breast cancer, stage four breast cancer, and it was uh, just a devastating thing for the family. And we prayed and prayed and prayed, and we, you know, she was prayed over by the elders of our church, uh, the church we were attending at the time, and just kept getting worse and and lasted three years. And, you know, we, we had some, some good times during those three years, but not, not a lot of, of positive news. Um, and it was a struggle to look at her and say, okay, good Christian mom, wife, um, you know, her, her, she had two kids in, in high school and middle school, you know, one in high school, one in middle school, um, belonged to a church, was, was in Bible studies, and, and just probably the most selfless person I've ever met was willing to, to go out of her way to help others. And you look at that and you just, the, the questions just keep popping in your mind. You know, is this fair? Is this right? Um, some lessons I learned during that time and, and through that ordeal. Uh, number one, obviously being a follower of Christ does not exempt us from suffering, mm. that we have to go through that. But what I did notice, because um, there were people close to her who were not followers of Christ, were not Christians, um, it was quite a blessing to have certain things that, that I was able to to go through to help me to, with those to help me to endure, to help me to persevere, just the hope um, that I had in, in her, uh, you know, being able to spend eternity with Christ, um, the understanding that there was a purpose through all of it, even though I didn't see it at the time. Uh, we were able to better endure it and make some sense out of it than people who didn't have Christ. Uh, I did learn that a lot of Christians say a lot of stupid things <laughs> trying to be helpful when you're suffering, yeah. but they just weren't helpful. Yeah. Um, and I actually did have somebody tell me, well, maybe she just needs to repent of a certain sin. Oh, yeah. And that was, that was devastating to hear. And the sad part was it was a student who said it. Her mom told her to tell me that. And I thought, how do you, how do you answer that? But just, a, you know, sometimes it's just, it's, you don't want to hear there's a purpose, right? You want to know what that is. And so you, when you comfort people, just, you know, there are ways to do that, to, to acknowledge their suffering. And I think the other is that um, as a, a follower of Christ, I know God can take 
really difficult things and turn them into something good, but that doesn't always happen right away. And sometimes you just have to be patient and you just have to keep your eyes open and look back and say, okay, what has God done from here? And I've definitely seen some, some blessings that have come out of that. Uh, it still is, is painful, but there is some, some positives in there and you see God's hand at work. So that was, that was helpful for me. Hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I, I know that uh, my story and my wife's story is pretty public and most people know about it. Um, but if you're, you know, you're listening today and you haven't heard a whole lot and you've never heard of me, just stumbled across this thing or you're here because Rob Samuelson is amazing and you're listening because of that and you don't know who I am. Um, I would say this man, uh, my wife and uh, my wife and I've been married for 22 years and uh, just about just over two, almost three years in, uh, she got sick. She got chronically ill. And um, October, I, I want to say October is either 19 years or 20 years. So I'm going to go with 19 just so I don't overstate it. But either way, man, we're talking about two decades of her being primarily bedridden. And there's not even a good diagnosis. And, you know, like breast cancer is a clear diagnosis. We know what it is. Like you, so you shared your story. Um, this is a chronic issue with pain and that she has some balance issues, some other things. Um, but the main thing is that she has got this chronic pain um, that is persistent and, and crippling at times and just keeps her often bedridden. And uh, she was young and smarter than me and more successful than me um, and healthy. And it was everything was overnight. I mean, literally, we went to bed one night. Everything was normal. And woke up in the middle of the night and everything was wrong. <clears throat> and uh, October this year, and so, you know, if you're listening to this in the future, it's 2021. And so October 2021, I believe, is 19 years. And um, I think some lessons I've learned, um, I've had a long time habit, many, many years, of getting up early in the morning and praying. And uh, there was a season uh, a while back where I would just get up and I would go out and I'd sit on my couch and I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. And I just, the language I always tell people is I ran out of words. Like I had prayed every prayer I knew how to pray about Lisa and said every word, every different word, every different way I could think of um, to ask God to help her not to suffer each day. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, and I, I, I probably just discovered in a brand new way, the Psalms. And uh, the Psalms helped me get back to prayer. And what I learned was that there were some people in Scripture, David is amazing, an amazing example. The sons of Korah, others, um, are just pour out their hearts before God and, and don't necessarily always have a resolve in it, right? Like they don't necessarily have a good answer. Um, man, there are just so many of, you know, I think, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording, man, Job and others, there's so many prayers out there where the prayers are just like, why? You know, like this just doesn't work this way. Like, I just don't understand this. And so um, I learned that prayer can be, other than just me asking, it, it can be, you know, really me pouring out my heart to God. Um, I came to the conclusion that I knew that everything I knew about God was true, that God is good, that God can heal, uh, that God is God. And that all those things were still true even when I didn't, and I'm just going to say this like a little selfish kid, but when I didn't get my way, God is still God, right? And I really did have to learn that lesson. Um, now, I've heard Lisa share this so many times, I feel comfortable speaking for her on this. But uh, my wife would tell you, um, after this long, and it's her that's enduring it, 
that there are many types of healing and that God has healed her of other things, that God has done amazing work inside of her and in her and through her, right? Um, that she has experienced an amazing time with God even in the midst of it. And so uh, someday hopefully she'll be able to share more of that uh, with whoever's listening. But um, my big takeaway, man, I think of, I think of Hannah in First Samuel. It's the opening story for Samuel 1. And we read this story of these faithful people going off to worship, you know, just constantly going and worshiping God. And that tells the story of Hannah who can't have children. And all she wants to be is a mom. And she weeps and pours out her heart. And it says, um, in verse 12, it says, and she continued praying before the Lord. In verse 15, she's talking to a priest and she says, I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord. And she's, she's asking, yes, she's asking for this barrenness to be healed. She's asking for a child. But she also pours out her soul before God. And, and so I would say this, whether it's you that is suffering uh, or you're praying for someone else, or it's you that have lost somebody, and like your example, Rob, um, I'd say continue to pray. And what I had to learn is that just really my prayers weren't just about that. They were about me and what I was learning through this and what I was struggling with and, and how I understood God. Um, but just like the woman who struggles for 12 years and then immediately is healed, there's always hope, right? There's always hope. But there might be something greater in it, like Lisa um, has learned through, and like what Paul says, really. Um, the God answer is in the midst of that, and sometimes it isn't what we're asking for. It's something other, um, but God's way is always good. And, and your story was a story of perspective. And um, there may be more there that God is trying to do than we can see today. Yeah, this is, and, and again, it's a, it's a story, or it's a question, I think, that comes out of struggle and, and just confusion and things like that. And so I hope we've, sh- we've shined a little bit of light on that. Um, I'd like to, to kind of point to, and by the way, if you're struggling with something, please feel free to contact us. Yeah. Um, you know, you can contact us at questions at generations.email. You can comment on the, the Facebook post for this, whatever, wherever you want to contact us. But um, a couple of things that, that I think stuck out in this room. First of all, when we first mentioned the question, um, both Jeff and I responded with, hey, this verse came to mind. Mm. This story came to mind. And so I think it's important for all of us to know the Word of God, right? Study the Word of God, understand it. I tell my students, you know, when you're not in the midst of struggles, when things are going well, that's the time to build that relationship strong so that it's strong when you hit those struggles because you know they're going to come sooner or later. So to be able to say, oh, yeah, that reminds me of this. Uh, when my sister was struggling, one of the passages, or not passages, a, a quote I found that I really liked and I shared it with her was the, the idea, what God reveals to you in the light is still true in the darkness. Hmm. And it was that idea that when things are going poorly, when you're struggling, those things you know about God to be true, as you mentioned, are still true. Hmm. And so cling to those things. We want to thank you for listening. Uh, if you have questions, as I mentioned, questions at generations.email. Uh, we hope you will should share this, subscribe to it, like it, and we release a new one every Tuesday. Uh, we've got some, some good ones coming up, so we hope you will continue to uh, find us every Tuesday and share these with your friends and, and discuss them, talk about them, and hopefully uh, learn something new. God bless you this week.
For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Church.